Welcome back to I Love Basketball. It is Monday, but it's actually Sunday on the Silver Screen and Roll Network. I'm Sasha, a.k.a. The Machine. And I'm Sabrina. And we have just finished watching the Lakers fully embrace the tank by getting swept by the New York Knicks. (laughs) In the 2018-2019 season. And what a ride it's been. I mean, going into this game, it wasn't going to be a bad outcome if the Lakers lost. Because we're at the point where wins and losses are not the objective of the season. If you had told me that we were going to get Alex Caruso, Jonathan Williams closing out a game, I would have been all for it. Yeah. And yet, it's just not sitting quite right. No, something about it doesn't sit quite right. It might be the double-digit lead that we lost. Um, But frankly, if you're shocked by the Lakers losing a two-digit lead at this point, I don't really know what to tell you. It's not shocking. What is it, the first ten games of the season? What is it, the first half of the season? That was pretty much the entire season, so. Mario Hazonia blocking a LeBron James (laughs) potential game-winning jumper. Absolutely stuffing him. Is something I literally never expected to have to deal with in the entire career arc of Mario Hazonia and LeBron James. You know, he's surprised us a lot. Um, This season specifically, but also over the past few years. You know, he's had probably like three major success points for his entire career and this is definitely one of them yeah, so I think number one has got to be the dunk on Giannis where he stepped over him step over. the Absolutely. only two points he had the entire game but the dunk on Giannis and the step just over just daring Giannis to hit him in the nuts I respect this is, that this is probably number two he also had a little bit of a stare down on LeBron after yeah. the dunk of course LeBron wasn't you know prone on the floor so it has a little bit yeah. of less strong effect you know he's got he's got balls I think I think Hazonia who looks might I say like a World War II soldier going to a sock hop why is his hair like that why is it slicked back like that I I'm just I'm still stunned I cannot believe the Lakers got outscored by 13 points in the final three minutes to lose to the Knicks I for the second time this, this season <laughs> So, okay, so the last, like, three possessions were essentially LeBron just, like, going for it, you know? So he was like, I'm just going to take the shot. I'm going to do the drive, that sort of thing, which is, we're not surprised by. That's that's pretty standard. So Anthony, shout out Anthony, um, said that LeBron looked washed in this game on Twitter. He said that. But I, I have a little, a little bit of a different view on this. I don't think LeBron looks washed. I think that he is trying to look like he's trying, but actually is trying to get Zion, okay? He has gotten really, really good over the past few years as his like uh, athleticism and physicality has sort of dwindled with old age. Don't get me wrong, he's still one of the baddest dudes in the league. But he's gotten really good at looking like he's trying hard, but actually kind of taking a break and uh, figuring out where he can get breaks. So we know he's a pretty good actor from all of his various acting Trainwork credits. It's quite good. Trainwork was really good. Yeah. Okay, it was really really good. We neither of us saw the animated feature that he was in. What's that called? Smallfoot. Smallfoot. I just heard about it today. Maybe I'll check it out. Um, but he's extremely good at acting. So I think he's. Tr- I think he's acting like he's trying here, but really he's. I think he has actually fully embraced the tank. LeBron has never been on the tank before. He never has. His rookie year, I don't think mm-hmm. tanking was really an option in Cleveland because they had just gotten LeBron and they were trying to go full hog. Yeah, no, and he's trying to like show who he is. And at this point, we know who he is. Right. And again, 
heading into this game, alas, not a bad outcome for the Lakers. That's the best part about where we are now with the season. We're like, oh my god, how did we lose that game? Like, kind of a devastating loss, but really, it's not that devastating. It's like, all right, we're uh, ahead of Washington now, you know, making some (laughs) headway on New Orleans, who also figured out marvelous ways to tank this week, but anyway. (laughs) Let's get to some Lakers news. Somehow, this new, the new, uh... System for like the lottery has not done anything to. Yeah, see, I, I would disagree. I it think, stopped. Uh, it stopped extreme tanking. I think, but in terms of like, it, it allows you to win like a couple more games, but it doesn't stop the tank. Yeah, I do think that the basketball among the worst teams in the league is generally more watchable than it has. Okay, been. that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So I guess in that way, it has it has been successful, but I think it it extends the tank. Like more teams are on the tank because they know they have. You, you have, like, just as good of a shot as, like, getting number one if you're, like, past four or whatever. So if you're, like, between five and 11 or something. The odds are pretty flat. Yeah, you might as well lose. So it kind of just extends it to the upper reaches rather than, like, concentrating it in, like, the top three. Yeah. Anyway, just a little, just a little serious take, guys. I know a little bit about basketball, okay? So <laughs> we want to talk about some pretty awesome news that we got this week. Right, so Brandon Ingram, who has been shut down for the season due to deep vein thrombosis in his right arm, had surgery yesterday. Again, we're recording this on Sunday. So the Lakers reported that he had successful thoracic outlet decompression surgery on his right arm, which seems like best case scenario for Ingram because they were able to identify the source of his clot and have it surgically removed yeah and it seemed like it was there there was like a couple different ways that the clot could have appeared and one could have been that he's just like his body is just making clots Mm -hmm. and they just found one of them there could be others or it could reform but it seems like it's the injury one or where there was like a specific physiological problem in his arm that caused the clot and they were able to dissolve it and then also clear the pathway exactly that's great this seems like the best possible outcome. If the words uh, thoracic outlet sound familiar to you, that's probably because that's what Markel Fultz was diagnosed with earlier this season. So by no means are we out of the woods with Brandon Ingram. Like this is still a serious situation that needs to be monitored. It's going to affect his offseason. It's going to potentially affect him down the line. But this is a very good start. Yeah, this is great. I, I think this is sort of the best case scenario. A lot of places have been saying, a lot of people. So... We're just really happy that it was the best case scenario because it's not always the best case scenario. Exactly. And we love Brandon Ingram and we want him to be back. We want him to be our tiny dog once again. So congratulations, Brandon Ingram. And um, very happy for him. Happy that he's healthy. And wishing him all the best with his recovery. Yes, absolutely. And uh, in this offseason as well. Yeah. All right, let's get to the fun stuff. That that is fun stuff because Brandon Ingram is doing great. and also, we love the tank, so it's fun stuff. But maybe the silly stuff is what maybe, we need yeah, to Maybe it's more the silly stuff. All right, time for our Dad LeBron moment of the week. <laughs> yeah, All every right. week. Every week we bring to you a moment of true delight uh, with LeBron, more of his dad personality. He got a little groove going against the Bulls, a little bit of a groove. Um, it wasn't just the dunks. He also gave us a little shimmy. Oh, yeah, the, the shimmy after the heart dunk was uh, it's very Steph Curry-worthy, actually. Very, yeah. Sure. No, it was... Uh, Hart uh, passed the ball off the backboard, and LeBron hit us with a reverse dunk. It was extremely fun. And then LeBron also had his, uh, you know, 
dad moments on the bench. Uh, I'm mm. sure you've seen that clip of him uh, saying something to make Alonzo and Lance Stevenson just die of laughter on the bench during the <laughs> Toronto game. Can we talk about that blue suit? That was the first good outfit I've ever seen LeBron in. The dude has terrible outfit taste. I think his suit game is actually pretty good. It's just that he doesn't go with suits that often. No, his non-suit game is horrendous. Yeah, but the suit against uh, the Pistons, that was that was a good one. No, yeah, the bright yeah. blue loves that. And also, I just want to say, this was a long time ago, but I won't ever forget it. On his birthday, he wore like a blue and orange horizontal striped t-shirt. Uh, yeah, yes. She Sabrina's looking at me like, what the fuck? And it's true. Go look it up. Please Google it, what LeBron wore on his birthday. Anyway, if you want to see something that'll make you throw up in your mouth. Hey guys, quick chase around a still footnote here. I want to correct the facts because we strive for the highest journalistic integrity on I Love Basketball. Upon a post-recording Google search, I found that while LeBron's birthday outfit is indeed super duper ugly, it's actually a black and yellow striped t-shirt, not orange and blue, although in the spirit of the white, gold, blue, black dress, I can see why I remembered it that way. The full outfit was a bright red velvet blazer over a black and yellow striped shirt, ketchup and mustard much, okay, with these truly abhorrent splotchy acid wash jeans. Still highly recommend you do a Google image search of what LeBron wore on his birthday 2019, since I know so many of you take any opportunity to hate on the king. Back to the program. So <laughs> then uh, LeBron had another one of those uh, fun moments with Lonzo earlier today where he uh, sort of pretended to slap him on the bench. It was just one of those very corny, cheesy moments, which makes sense because LeBron and Lonzo are literally two of the corniest people alive and their personalities are entirely cheesy. It's so cute. I, I think their friendship is adorable. And I do think that it's something that like they share that maybe LeBron doesn't share necessarily with the other guys. Other guys. Yeah. And that's very cute. All right, so we're going to hit the kitty corner now. Um, you know we, we love to talk about the kitties. Yeah, they used to be pretty brutal roasting each other on social media. I mean, uh, there was that whole uh, calling Brandon Ingram Slender Man, which took on a life of its own, really. And now it's like one of his main nicknames. Yeah. I love that. It should be the long arm of the law. I'm pushing for it. Long arm of the law. Let's do it. But it's been a really quiet on the... Well, yeah, they had, front recently, they had a little thing in the beginning of the season, right, where they were like, there was like a story that was like, um, I don't know if the kids should be teasing each was other. This, this year is bad. Last year. That, that was the beginning of the season. Oh, okay, yeah. And it was like, because LeBron was coming, and it was sort of like, maybe they shouldn't be roasting each other on Twitter, and everybody under the age of 25 was like, what That's are a terrible you idea. talking about? This is just, they're just being friends. Like, I don't understand. Uh, but they've gotten back at it, obviously. Okay. All right, so Kuzma. they're back in. They're also back in their comfort zone, back on the tank. They, this, they're what they're. they're yeah, what they're this used is to what now. their their careers have come to. <laughs> anyway, we've got uh, Kuzma wearing a red leather outfit this week, kind of reminiscent of that. Michael Jackson's circa the Bad album period. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's always trying. Stuff. Josh Hart was just not having it. What did he call it? <laughs> what did he say? Yeah, he said it was he, a fruit, oh, fruit roll-up roll looking, looking boy. <laughs> I agree. He's not wrong. Actually, looked yeah. remarkably like fruit roll up. Yeah, and credit yeah. to Derry Soriano for Blue and Gold for finding yes. that one. That's yeah, absolutely fruit roll up looking for. <laughs> Honorable mention in the kitty corner this week: uh, Lance Stevenson making an appearance. Which obviously Lance, not one of the kids, but, but he kind of is at heart. He kind of is at heart, and he hasn't really been playing, so this is sort of his way to you know, <laughs> keep himself in the Laker limelight. Um, 
don't know if you've noticed. Uh, I mean, Sasha's definitely noticed because I text her every time this happens. But whenever there's a picture of Lonzo and Lance together on Instagram, Lance just comments swerve on every single one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is the second coming of the guitar, the air guitar, the air guitar thing. It is like the most interesting thing about him is does not have to do with basketball. Hey, the air guitar has become the prominent celebration of Morant, John Morant, who's like one gonna be one of the top three picks in the NBA draft this year. So it's Lance has reach. Honestly. He has influence. <laughs> <laughs> and if he is using his time as a Laker, whatever remaining time he has a Laker to promote this burgeoning music career he and Lonzo Ball are trying to get going, like, you know, I'm all for it. You do what you gotta do, Lance. Yeah, I I hate the air guitar. This is maybe a hot take, but I hate it. I think it's way too easy to make fun of. Um, and I think he's gotten roasted out of his goddamn mind for it in, like, several games. And everybody yeah. around the league hates it. We're never going to go So I actually think this, is a, I think this is a mistake from John Moran. I don't think that he <laughs> should use the air guitar. I think nobody should use it. It's kind of fun as a dance cam thing because um, little boys love it. And drunk people love it. And that's what the dance cam is really about. So for dance cam, I love it. I see that. But as a... I don't like it as a celebration. Yeah, I disagree. I think it's fun. I think he looks like... I like when J.R. Smith used to do it. He got really into it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. If you, like, really go for it, I don't know. I think he looks like an idiot. And we also want to talk about Wagner. Or Wagner, sorry. Um, There was a story on The Athletic about him this week about his, like, new life. He's, like, called Mo Wagner, starting to figure it all out. Um, it's basically Wagner admitting that he's he's rich now. He doesn't, like, get to live with his friends in an apartment in Michigan. And he, <laughs> he doesn't really know what to do with himself because he has, like, all of his success at this very early moment in his life. Like, he's bought Black Range Rover that he, like, can't believe that he has. He and lives by the beach. I mean, it's... It's kind of the thing that you would hate somebody for complaining about, yeah. you know? But for some reason, Wagner just makes everything endearing about himself. I think that I am kind of like, this is a total... This, is, this entire article is a humble brag. Yeah, it's um, nothing much to it, but uh, just... Wagner's just the kind it. of guy people like being around, you know? And that's just sort of what comes out of He's it. He's got a big smile on his yeah. face, and probably even a bigger one now that he lives by the beach. So that's great. Happy for him. We can trade apartments anytime, Bo. If you feel, ever feel uncomfortable in high society, I'd love to trade apartments, and I'll definitely take your car if you want to get that off your hands. Wagner hasn't been playing that much this week, you know, still still kind of at the edges of Luke Walton's rotation. Yeah. But still a lot of good reasons to watch the Lakers, and number one this week, it's got to be your favorite guy. Oh, it's the Alex Caruso. himself. <laughs> it's Alex Caruso, everyone. We all love him. We should be talking about him because he's really bringing some intrigue and interest to the rest of the season uh, where there really isn't that much. really isn't that much to be had. Not that much interest, intrigue. But Alex Russo is playing for something, and that's something that I can really appreciate about what he's bringing to the team right now. And something that we like about the G-Leaguers, kind of what we were talking about last week as well, that they actually have something to play for, um, their place in the league. Right. They're and playing it, to be in the NBA. And it looks like they're trying when they step onto the court, which you cannot say for half of the other guys on the No, yeah. no, absolutely not. Which is wild because the other guys, the guys who are on one-year deals, they're also playing <laughs> for a contract. But somehow, Rondo again ends up with the lowest plus minus of the game. It's uh, Caruso for me. I think he fits really nicely with LeBron. I've kind of been describing him as like a diet Lonzo 
Because I think that he, he is just, he's not as good as Lonzo. He's not going to be as good as Lonzo. But he sort of has similar qualities that were why we liked Lonzo's fit with LeBron. First of all, like, defense. Right. Um, we need defenders with LeBron. Lonzo is a great defender. He's like a disruptor. And I think Caruso has the same sort of kind of hounding all over the guy. Like, he's just all over you. Exactly. And he's everywhere. He has hands. He's going to, like get steals and blocks and like that's very very Lonzo-esque type exactly. defense it's very I don't effort. think he has the physical tools that Lonzo does but no. definitely that effort that intensity that awareness when he's playing defense yeah and he's, he's not as skilled and his like sight his like his passing vision too, yeah, yeah his his and that sort of translates to defense as well where like where the ball is gonna be Lonzo he can't knows read where the, the plays the way yeah. Lonzo does exactly. so he like he like doesn't know where the ball is gonna be as well as Lonzo but like we said it's diet Lonzo he's not as good but I think that he's sort of also not a very natural... I mean, Lonzo did shoot in college, but we've seen over the past couple of years. He's that not hasn't very, quite translated. Yeah, this season, he did take more threes per game, and he has been shooting more. He's been making them as much. But that's kind of one of the things that we want to see from Caruso, is that Lonzo, for most of the time that he played, still has the confidence to take those shots. He's when taking the shots, yeah. And we'd like to see Caruso embrace those opportunities when they come and, you know, keep the offense going by taking those open shots. And he has been shooting a little bit. Right. Because like he said, I mean, uh, his reputation doesn't exactly precede him at this point because he doesn't have much of a reputation. (laughs) You know, he he flat out said that he didn't think Toronto was guarding him in the first half because they probably just didn't know who he was. (laughs) So he's going to have some opportunities, you know, just got to let it fly. Absolutely. And um, I think that he gets to the basket more, or that was something we wanted from Lonzo, was for him to get to the basket more and get fouls but he can't shoot free throws that's kind of an issue um but once he once he like gets on that which i think that'll come that's something that's pretty that's kind of it sucks while it's happening in the game when he just like misses every free throw but but it's it's not like a long-term concerning thing like he can he has to keep doing it. it yeah he can fix it and caruso's been really good at cutting to the basket yeah he's been really aggressive getting to the basket and so I think they have, like, a little bit of, like, a thing to learn from each other there. Like, yeah. Caruso just needs to take more buckets. He just takes more take more shots. Lonzo needs to be more aggressive getting to the basket, a little bit more fearless, work on his free throws. I love that from them. I think Caruso would be a great backup point guard Agreed. for Lonzo. I'd be perfectly happy with 48 minutes of Lonzo and Caruso manning the point guard spot. Next yeah, season. yeah. I think Caruso, they both need to be, obviously. The, the struggle with that is that they're both so young, and so and they're both not very... Uh, consistent right yet. and we could see that obviously at the end of this game but <laughs> but like rondo's old and he's been consistently shitty so yeah. the there effort is go. there he's clearly playing hard every time he's on the floor and it seems like lebron respects him like he likes yeah. playing with mm-hmm. him there's definitely a chemistry that's developing there so yeah absolutely and uh on offense we were just talking about defense and kind of taking shots or whatever but caruso has a lot of like off ball action with LeBron that really works. Those and are the kinds of players you need around LeBron yeah. James because LeBron needs the ball, so the other guys have to make something happen without the ball in their hands. And yeah. that's what Lonzo was so good at, and that's what Caruso's good at. And that's what Rondo is not good at. So it's Rondo is awesome at getting his own shot, and that's cool, and he can pass well no, he like he is. He goes to the basket. I think he had, he does have some hot slices to serve. Yeah, this is this is the dichotomy you get with me and Sasha is I'm always higher on Lance than she is, and she is always so much higher on Rondo than I am. Like, I don't think he's been good. And I'm not going to say that he's been good, but At no matter... you can find single redeeming things to say about him, which is more than is ever going to come out of me. No matter how much evidence piles up against him, 
I can't be mad at him. I can't even dislike him. I can't. He has been hot garbage. That's fair. Just the numbers. I can't deny the numbers. But for some reason, I'm like still. I'm still like. Speaking yeah. of numbers, uh, saw this on Twitter <laughs> earlier today. Alex Caruso, the first player of the season, have five or more steals and three or more blocks in a single game off the bench. Any NBA player, okay? Any NBA player. And for some reason, he's been, you know, spending most of his time in South Bay instead of coming up yes, the Lakers when all this? of the point guards have been injured for the Lakers this season. Dude, Rondo was, has played like two games this whole season and they've all been right now and they've all been negative 18. Why has Caruso not been playing? I know this is like, everybody's been asking this question, but we still don't have a, a real answer. I, I have no idea, but Caruso, this is the second year that he's been on a two-way deal with the Lakers. I think he's shown enough to earn a real contract. Theoretically, they could sign him to a two-way contract again. I, I hope he doesn't have to deal with that just like for his own yeah. career prospects I think he should be like you know the 12th guy in the Lakers next year I don't see why that would be an issue. yeah I, I also don't and Harrison ask somebody ask someone why why Alex Caruso has not been playing this season I'd really like to know I think we're all very curious alright so Caruso obviously has been getting a lot of plaudits from everybody around Lakers sphere. yeah yeah but there are some guys you know who we we like to defend who maybe have been taking it a little heat. Taking some heat. From the community. And not my just ambient defense of Rajon Rondo. <laughs> ambient, unreasonable defense of Rajon Rondo. And we're going to make a defense for uh, JaVale McGee today. Now, JaVale, obviously, very good start of the season for the Lakers. Went through his pneumonia, adult regression. Yeah. And then was part of the reason that the Lakers traded Vita Zubac. So you're not going to hear a lot of love for McGee in these parts. No. But... He has looked a lot more active recently. He's been protecting the rim more aggressively. Yeah. He's been more energetic as a lob threat. That whole vertical spacing idea that Rob Palinka talked about as if he invented it during the offseason. <laughs> I thought he did invent it. <laughs> he's been, you know, running the floor hard on these LeBron outlets. Uh, there was one play, I think, in the Pistons game, maybe the Raptors game, where he got a steal um, right off the inbounds in the backcourt and then proceeded to just like gack the way up right afterwards <laughs> but there's a lot more life coming out of JaVale McGee I do wonder if it's because we're nearing the end of the season like you mentioned earlier he's on a one-year contract he's probably playing for his next contract definitely I don't think he is I think what he showed in the beginning of the season is very like very cool and he did a lot of stuff and we mm-hmm. liked him a lot the attitude problems and the health problems have like piled up a little bit and really it's the attitude problems for me I think that you could say like uh he'll be over like whatever happened in his pneumonia next year but the attitude has been an issue so the Lakers have I think uh six guys who are gonna be upcoming free agents and (laughs) I mean they're not all gonna get a chance to shine but I was curious how many of them do you think are going to be coming back to the Lakers next year? Because, again, six free agents. The Lakers have a lot of empty roster spots. It doesn't seem like people are clamoring to come and play on this team. Uh, do you think that there's no, a, seem like a route for Bullock or Stevenson or JaVale or Rondo or – I can't believe this list is still going – KCP <laughs> or Mike Muscala to end up on the Lakers next year? Uh, the only one I really see coming back is Reggie Bullock. If JaVale would be willing to take a secondary role, I could see him maybe coming back as like a backup center, but yeah. I don't see him starting again. I don't think that I don't think that experiment worked. I right. Think that was and a I don't think that he's willing to play as a backup. I'm pretty sure that's why he left Golden State. He wanted to be the starting center of coming here. 
I mean, I don't know who's going to give him that opportunity to be a starting center. That's what my biggest question with all of this is. Like, he literally got us to trade. Not, I don't want to say it's yeah, his, yeah. like, sole. The sole reason why we trade him Zubaz has It's not the sole reason. Mm-hmm. But, like, the fact that there's even a part of it, that he's, like, complaining so much about wanting to start, when even when he's playing bad, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who's going who's gonna to hire him to be their st- – he could be a starting center on, like, a bad team. I mean, which is what we are. Yeah, yeah. is that exactly what's happening. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to see Javel back. I, I, I hope our Rondo team back. is better. This is the thing. It's like these – for some reason, these guys were, our, were the choices, were our first choice for, like, we're going to be a good team this year. I just don't understand how that was the thought process. Yeah. So I think next year I think we should go for – we should aim a little higher. Center yeah. side's a little higher. I'd be, uh, I'd be happy with Bullock coming back, even though he hasn't been able to hit the backside of a barn since joining the Lakers. Which yeah. Is, it's just par for the course when you put on that jersey, apparently. This um, I, <laughs> I don't want to see Muscala back. Don't want to no, see him I don't back. Care about I just, him. Uh, it's too many bad. It looks like a damn Amish. Not that there's anything wrong name. with Amish. Hey guys, one more important footnote. I meant absolutely no offense to the Amish community here. Shout out to all the Amish listeners. I truly envy y'all for having no traumatic associations with the words Yanni and Laurel. I just merely wanted to express that we traded our soft-fingered Croatian god for a chin-strap, barn-raising-looking-ass dude. Back to the program. I don't I don't want to see him back. Uh, KZP has probably just been LeBron tax the last two years. He kind of fooled us into thinking that he was going to be good last year, and that shine has worn off this year. Yeah. I mean, I... If he wants to come back for a minimum, why not? But any of these guys pretty know. much like KCP is the same with his like minutes where he wants like a bigger role, but but does he deserve it? Like, or should we give it to him? No. So I think that a couple of these guys who want bigger roles should just go to a worse team. <laughs> Which I don't know how many there are, <laughs> considering. Again, we just got oh, no, swapped worse teams. by the Knicks. <laughs> right. Anyway. Enough of that. The one you guys are just not worth giving more time Yeah, this to. is supposed to be a positive podcast. <laughs> All right, so, you know, <laughs> a secondary in defense of today. So let's talk about a guy that we love. This is a guy that I love. I'm going to be really sad to see him go when he inevitably is right. gone. Another uh, potential free agent this offseason, Luke Walton. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's uh, trying to put, like, a positive spin on this, but Luke Walton kind of seems like he's sticking it, like, to Magic Johnson, just giving him like a giant middle finger because he knows this is the last month of his Laker tenure and he's trying to be as bad as possible. Yeah. As he rides out the rest of this season. I think the way that he's coaching the team is just like a, a very clear message like, look what you gave me to work with. Yeah. And see yeah. how bad this can get. <laughs> and also just not playing Andre Ingram just to like shoot a middle finger at Majinka. Because they tried to make this a PR stunt, right? And Luke's like, nah, you're not getting any goodwill out of this because I'm just not going to play him. No, no. And Caruso has ended up being the, like, goodwill story that we needed anyway. Yeah, so it's it's quite possible that Luke Walton is, you know, doing his, like, last dance and trying to (laughs) have some fun (laughs) on his way out. On the other hand, this could just be the fact that Luke Walton is a bad head coach and he's still bad at his job. And he's still making poor decisions, like the Rondo 12-minute shifts. <laughs> I like him. Okay, so I'm going to say that the the at this point, it doesn't really matter what he does. So, like, I don't think he's trying his hardest, and I don't think there's any reason for him to, especially when he, like, pretty much knows he's not going to be back. Like, yeah. what would be the point of him trying really hard? But we've seen, like, 
I think as a defensive coach, he is so awesome. We've seen what he could do with with the squad last year. And even though Randall, it seemed like, ended up not really liking him or the coaching staff that much, like that was what he had problems with, I think that he improved Randall as a player so much. And I actually think that Luke Walton, this may be a hot take. I don't even know. Tweet at me if it's a hot take. <laughs> actually, don't. Luke Walton, I think his like strengths are player development and defense. And that like a lot of the like player development stuff that has been bad actually wasn't his fault. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I think uh, the way that he's used the young players, like the situations that he put them in on the court, doesn't optimize their talents. And the fact that he's still not playing Wagner when we don't need to win games, and he's not finding a role for Bonga or... Yeah, I mean, there are things that he could be doing better still right now. Like, the point of the rest of the season is evaluating the youth. I do think that we didn't see... Okay, there might be a difference between, like, games that we thought we could win and games we don't think we can win that Mo and Bongo, we've seen more of them in games where we genuinely just know we're not going to win. So I think moving forward, we might see them more. And this is just a theory right now, but maybe moving forward, we'll see them more. But that, like, in games where he thinks that, you know, with the, to today, we thought this might be the last, like, gimme game of the season. We thought this might be the last game we would win of the entire season. So... You know, if we, Walton, we didn't see you know, Mo that much. He wasn't playing well. So if he, th- if he thought maybe we can pull out a win, I could see why he wouldn't play them. And also, it could just be another you to Magic because Magic was, like, really rooting for Mo. Although I do think that if Luke is doing this where he's, like, deliberately not playing Andre Ingram because it was, like, a PR stunt and, like, phoning it in and, like, I think it's kind of yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't that. blame him, and I don't think that people around the league would blame him either yeah. because there's definitely a lot more goodwill towards Luke Walton from mm-hmm. the other 29 teams than there is towards Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka. So if he is, you know, perpetuating one giant long con just to screw <laughs> with the Lakers for the last month of the season, I don't think it's going to hurt him that much. I don't think it's no. going to reflect on him badly as a head coach just for this stretch. What do you think about him going to the Suns? I just saw that this week. That was like, it was. A, it's a very rumor, very rumory. Right, but. so the Suns just hired uh, the Slovenian national team head coach uh, who was an assistant in Utah this season. And as is, you know, par for the course with the Suns, there's not... Like okay, they could change coach at any minute. ...within the organization <laughs> that they still want him to be their head coach. Uh, and Luke Walton, obviously from Arizona, like every other assistant head coach on the... Lakers um, <laughs> could potentially <laughs> go back to the Suns. I mean, if we think that his strengths are player development and defense, like where would he be better suited than the Suns? Yeah. You know, it seems like a very good fit for him. They have guys who can do, like Devin Booker can like make an offense himself. He like can make offensive plays and maybe they can learn from this season and surround Luke with offensive-minded yeah. coaches. I just assistants. know that wherever Luke Walton goes next, he's going to want to make sure that he has a very strong relationship with the front office. Yeah. And considering that Phoenix is still looking to hire a president of basketball operations, he's not going to want to get in there before that hire yeah. is made. Because that's what happened with him Lessons here. Lessons learned, yeah. yeah. I think he's going to try to find a more stable situation where they can be more cooperation between all levels of management before yeah. he picks a new head coaching job. I absolutely love Luke Walton, and I'm going to be really sad to see him go, mostly because he's so handsome. He's just so handsome. He looks like, I mean, he, he doesn't just look like, he is the guy at Laguna Beach on the volleyball, beach volleyball court, like, absolutely sweating it out. He's, like, tall. He looks like he was honed from 
like a handsome rock. Anyway, I love I mean, him, and I'm going to be really sad. Much like Luke Walton's player career with the Lakers, it's gone on too long. It's time for him to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that might be. Oh no, we have one more thing. Oh, we have one more thing, guys. You know what it is, y'all. It's the I'll Knock Your Mother's Out Award. Sponsored, sponsored by, by Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Ingram. So this week, we already talked about it a little bit, but LeBron just absolutely dunked on the Bulls. Crushed it. Crushed them. We looked like we were playing a G League team, and that was great because then we went to play the Pistons and the Raptors, and we actually did look like a G League team against them. So it was nice to know that we can still absolutely dunk on the trash team. So we had that first dunk that was the pass from Kuzma, right? Yeah, it was was like an outlet pass. It went over LeBron's head. Bounce right in front of him, and then he, and he grabbed it out it. the air. Love that reverse. And dunk. then the beautiful Josh Hart off the backboard. Oh yeah, where he uh, made the business decision not to attempt to dunk himself <laughs> because he wanted to be able to play the next game. Please sit, Josh Hart. Please love you, sit Josh. him. Love you, Josh. I hope you're not getting in more pain. I really hope. Take so. care. I love watching. Oh Josh my Hart goodness, play. use some CBD balm. It really works. It really does work. Um, protect Josh Hart. That's all I have to say. That's my last word. Protect Josh Hart. I think that's our show for today. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. You don't We love to... basketball. We love we love basketball. I hope you guys do too. I hope you guys are enjoying the rest of the season. We still love these Lakers. Yeah. We still love these Lakers. And you know, we're just uh in a similar phase for the last six years, looking at draft picks, counting those wins. <laughs> Can we can we talk about that amazing Zion future Laker? I'm not going to tempt the basketball no? gods by bringing okay. this up. It's not happening. Let him enjoy his final three weeks of his Duke career, and uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Okay, guys, have a great week. And make sure to uh, tune into the Silver Screen Network for the rest of the week. Yeah, for all of our shows ever do. I wouldn't I wouldn't blame you if you only listened to ours though. You know, we'll see you later.